Welcome to the SAP Concur Conversation Podcast. Each episode, we sit down with industry experts, visionaries, and leaders as they share what it takes to build forward-thinking spend and travel programs. Our goal is to get you thinking differently about how your organization spends money. I'm your host, Jean Dyan. I'm the Vice President of the Value Experience Team at, here at SAP Concur, and my team works with our customers to bring positive business outcomes based on data-driven insights. Today, I'm joined by Nathan Richter of Wakefield Research, and we're going to explore the findings of the SAP Concur Global Business Travel Survey. Each year's survey has cast a light on how large-scale issues can have really granular impacts on business travel. Now in its fifth year, the survey explores some of the most pressing challenges facing business travelers and travel managers today, such as the lack of equal opportunity for travel among marginalized travelers. How about the denial of opportunity that can stunt professional growth and how this impacts travel managers and informs their decisions. So Nathan, I'm really excited to dig into this survey finding. So to start, would you please introduce yourself to the listeners? Sure. Thank you so much, Gene. I'm, I'm just so happy to be here with you. Um, as you said, I'm, I'm Nathan Richter. I am a, a senior partner at Wakefield Research, and we are a global market research consultancy. We work with 50 of the Fortune 100. We do research in 96 countries. Uh, many of your listeners have seen our work in the New York Times and Wall Street Journal and CNBC and, and all over the world. So we are here to talk about some, some travel research today, and I'm just incredibly excited to do so. I am too. So I want to set the stage a little bit, though, to outline a little bit of the parameters around the survey. So as I mentioned, it's a longstanding survey, a partnership that we have with Wakefield Research. Um, we conducted a survey with about 3,800 business travelers across 25 global markets and an additional 700 travel managers across seven global markets to gain insights into the current state of business travel and what the next year will bring. This survey is exploring some of really the most pressing challenges that are facing business travelers today and travel managers, including that idea of equal opportunity to travel, duty of care, which has exploded in the past few years, as well as the LGBTQ plus traveler experiences. So part of what came out of this survey, Nathan, if I can just jump right in. Sure, yeah is global business travelers are saying that health and safety is really the biggest threat as it pertains to business travel. And I was wondering if you could expand a little bit on it. I mentioned that duty of care has really changed. Could we start with that and then expand on that topic? Absolutely. That's a great place to start. And, and you are 100% right. Duty of care has changed. You know, Traditionally, when we started uh, working with you on this research five years ago, duty of care was really about keeping people safe. And it, it still is. But these days, the definition of safety extends beyond just physical safety. Um, it really is a more holistic approach. And so we find consistently throughout the years we've done the research, but particularly spiking this year, that um, travelers are consistently identifying you know, safety as, as a chief concern and that they're putting action behind that sentiment. You know, we have a wonderful stat here, you know, 91% of travelers will decline a business trip. If some of their needs are unmet, and, and those needs consistently focus around things like safety and, and social and health concerns, you know, 71% cite concerns in those categories, in safety, social, or health, as a reason to decline in a trip. And these are things like safety and social concerns when going to specific parts of the world, uh, 44% mm -hmm. feel that way, 41% cite health concerns, 
26% cite, uh, you know, when traveling to a, a state or country or, or government or with the, that has a culture that they don't support or that they don't feel comfortable in. And so these are, I think, kind of safety and health issues that extend even beyond kind of what we experienced in the pandemic, where it was really laser focused on, well, gee, I just, I don't want to get COVID. Still an admirable goal, still something that, <laughs> I would, you know, whatever the next thing is, you know, let's knock on wood here, whatever the next thing is, let's avoid that. But this is really speaking to to larger safety and social and health concerns. That Then that's, that's uh, relatively new. So, you know, when we talk that this is business travel, but business travel is actually very personal and the experience that people have on their trips, you know, is, is really important because as it relates to business itself, outside of your paycheck, travel is really the most personal thing that you have as it relates to your job. And when we think about that from a personal perspective, I want to turn the view just a little bit slightly out of that duty of care and go into something that's really high on everybody's list, which is ESG, that idea that sustainability isn't just tied to carbon footprint, but it's also tied to diversity and inclusion and opportunity for people. So if we turn to that idea of equal opportunity, I know that within the survey, about two thirds of the global travelers felt that they hadn't had the opportunity to travel for business compared to their coworkers. And they attributed it to a number of factors. And I was wondering if we could talk a little bit more about that because I, I will you know, admit to all the listeners, I'm of an older generation. I am the end of the baby boomers. And I mention often that I have a daughter who is just starting her corporate career. And so she has all these opportunities to travel. And they're opportunities that I never had when I first started working, even though I was in roles that I would see counterparts get to go and travel on. So I'm curious what the survey found and, and where we can start to have that as it relates to the DNI program. I, I would love to talk about that, particularly since I think this is an area that isn't often explored in opinion research about travel and about business travel. And you're you're hundred percent right. Huh, there's a stat for you. Gene is hundred percent right. That's sixty two percent that six not for the not for the last time I'm sure um, yeah. 62% of business travelers haven't had equal opportunities to take business trips compared to their colleagues specifically due to differences in demographics and sexual orientation physical appearance or health conditions and this is an issue that is experienced to a higher degree amongst you know traditionally disadvantaged audiences when we look at lgbtq plus business travelers you know 31% Feel that their sexual orientation has prevented equal access to business travel. A quarter, it's 23% of women, believe they've received less opportunity for business travel because of their gender. And more than one in 10 respondents, actually well more than one in 10, closer, closer to, to, to one in five, have identified other reasons such as things like having an accent. 17% cite that as, as an obstacle. Um, their physical appearance, 16%. Ethnicity or race, 15%. Their status as a parent or caretaker, 13%, and, and even disability, which is uh, experienced by 7% of this group. And so these are all things that, that one can't change that are limiting their opportunities for business travel. And mm -hmm. if I may, Jean, kind of expand on that a little bit, yeah. why, you know, why is that important, right? Because when we think about business travel, traditionally, 
we think about it in terms, I think, of short-term advantages, right? It's about you know, meeting your number for the quarter or going to see a client or a customer, going to the, that conference so you can have some visibility or, or learn something. And those are good and admirable things. But what we find in the research is that almost all business travelers, you know, 92%, believe that the future of their careers depends on business travel. And that's very different than, hey, for me to do well in my job this month or even while I'm at this in this role, it says forever. And so what you end up seeing is that business travel is not a door someone gets to walk through once. It's kind of a road that one walks down on the way to their next professional accomplishment and their next personal accomplishment. So I love that because it's sort of part of their future advancement and success. And you can see how when you have 62% of business travelers overall saying that they haven't had equal access to travel, you can understand why that might take on greater importance, why that might be more of a sticking point when you consider that they want to walk down that road, that they see this as, as, a, as a life goal. Well, this really ties back into that idea of employee retention and recruitment, right? And it ties back to the idea that travel isn't just getting from point A to B. There's so much involved with it. It's not about do you want to travel or are you going to travel or can I relieve the stress of your travel? There's way more of an investment in that. So I'm just curious as we look at that, how do we go ahead and help companies maximize investments to make sure that these employees are able to not only have the opportunity, but once they have the opportunity, they're comfortable in their travel. Another great question. <laughs> I mean, 100%, I mean, 100%, 100% question. 100 percent of the time, <laughs> batting a thousand, you're 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 a pro. Well, it it really begins with understanding traveler needs and expectations, which is at the heart of this research, and it's understanding what they need and also why it's important. And we we've talked a little bit about that. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But when you put that into practice, what it boils down to is travel managers and companies need to understand that, that there's this great demand for flexibility. You know, 91% of travelers expect their company to grant them flexibility when booking travel for business. And, you know, that flexibility, I think if you're going to be a cynic, it's, you know, it's things like, well, I want to use the platform I want to use, or I want to sit where I want to sit, or, or you know, fly on the connections that I want to make. But it's really about, you know, making sure that travel fits in with the traveler's work-life balance, making sure that they are taking into account some of the concerns that travelers have, particularly some of these more disadvantaged segments, and that they're meeting their needs in, in, on the health and safety and duty of care side as well. And, you know, when we look at you know, sort of why travelers want this flexibility, you see these types of things rise to the top. You see factors rise to the top that are maybe from some people's perspectives, tangential to immediate business outcomes. But I think, Gene, to your point, broadly are essential for long-term business outcomes. And, and these are things like, you know, 48% want flexibility to ensure that they feel safe when they travel to certain parts of the world. 47% want that flexibility to help them maintain a, a healthier work-life balance. There's uh, even some, some personal and, and business mixed in here. 34% cite the need to add personal travel to work trips. And so what we're seeing here is, is a more empowered traveler, a traveler who um, has uh, maybe, maybe not greater needs, but a greater comfort with expressing and acting on those needs than what we've seen traditionally. 
I get that entirely. I'm a, I'm a leisure person. I like to blend <laughs> a little bit there. I like that flexibility. I like the ability for SAP to allow me that. And I stay within policy every time, but knowing that I have that capability makes me more willing to travel and makes me more open to travel, makes me more excited for the travel. It's a nice balance for me, to your point. It gives me a work-life balance even while I travel. But I want to talk to one of the points you mentioned about the safety. I was shocked to learn that in the past 12 months, more than half of global business travelers have changed their accommodations because they felt unsafe. I remember traveling when I first started traveling, um, I was young and I had never really traveled before. And And of course, I'm of a generation where you followed the rules and you just went wherever they told you. And I didn't have a lot of travel experience before I started traveling for business. So I didn't, I didn't know one way or another. We've got people now who are traveling who have spent their lives traveling because they've been part of families who've gone places and done things all around the world. And they have real clear expectations around safety. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that and and what's happening generationally on that comfort level when they're traveling and that safety level. Happy to. And, you know, we saw in the research that a large number of of business travelers have had negative experiences on a business trip. You know, you you just mentioned one. I've had one myself that was uh, pretty disconcerting. And and it's it's a bad feeling because you're there for work and there to, to accomplish a task. Um, it should be uh, uh, enjoyable if it can. If if not, at least shouldn't be something where you feel like you're putting yourself at risk. And to ask travelers to do that, I think, has long-term and, and short-term consequences for for the company making that request. You know, 74% overall, 74% of business travelers have had negative experiences while on a business trip. And wow. Yeah, it's it's you know three quarters. I mean, here we are. We're just we're just two people, a sample size of two. But I'm absolutely willing to bet if we were to be sitting in a larger group, that there'd be more hands up, and that the data supports that. About about three quarters would actually. These aren't just like, gee, I didn't I didn't like the uh, you know the steak in the in the hotel restaurant. You know, when we break out that figure, almost a quarter, twenty three percent have felt in immediate danger when on a trip. Twenty two percent were the target of unwanted sexual advances or comments, and 20% have had derogatory language directed at them. So the experiences are varied, but in the aggregate, you still have about three quarters of travelers having had one of these experiences. And so that's why when you, you know, referencing the stat you mentioned a minute ago, where over half, 53%, have changed their accommodations on a business trip because they felt unsafe. And that's not ever, that's in the past year. That is a big red flag for anybody that, that, that cares about traveler safety and duty of care. In fact, in the U.S., 70% have made a change in the past 12 months. Wow. You did mention generation, and you do see a spike globally relative to the global figure of 53%. You do see a spike generationally. You know, amongst Gen Z, 64% have changed their accommodations on a business trip in the past year because they felt unsafe. Nearly as many, 61% millennials have done the same. And that's compared to you know, 40% of Gen X, my generation, which nobody ever seems to mention. So I'm going to make sure we mention them today. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> and 15% of baby boomers. And so you see a really stark difference there. And to me, I'm not so certain it's a difference in experience. It's a difference in action. It's a difference in, in empowerment. It's, it's a willingness 
to say, this doesn't work for me. I need to make a change in order to do my job. And uh, I think that is, well, first, very fascinating. I think it's a very positive development. I also feel that that it's something that probably older folks, all of us, could probably learn from, that we should be a little more assertive in, in these areas. You know, we've also seen here that there are some correlations between this behavior and economic conditions. And as the, as the economy tends to worsen or, or be volatile and companies pursue cost-cutting, cost-cutting in, in the area of accommodations is on the rise. And uh, it's fair to assume, I think, that there's, there's some of that driving this too, that we have a more empowered group being asked to stay in places that concern them from a safety perspective. I think in the end, this ties back to a lot of different pieces of the travel program. It's the idea of making sure that when you're looking at your preferred vendors, that you have these opportunities and these options for people and that you're looking at the safety aspects of everything that happens within your preferred vendor category, especially from accommodation. I think it also ties back to that idea of having your employees feel that they are cared for and heard. So I think that that's a that's a really important aspect of travel programs, which, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I don't think that was part of the travel program when I first started traveling. It was like, Gene, go travel and just do whatever it is that you have to do to get it done. And now it's kind of a people to your point feel empowered and want to be able to make sure that their voice is heard. And I mean, that's the traveler themselves, right? But travel managers, (laughs) what are they feeling? Because this landscape is a considerable change from travel programs from, say, travel programs of even 10 years ago. How do these travel managers, first off, what are they feeling? And then how do we set them up for success? How can they be successful, not just in 2023, but beyond? Yes. Well, it won't surprise you to hear, I think, that travel managers are feeling a wee bit of stress (laughs) and that stress is on the rise. Now, one of the things we looked at in the research was we asked travel managers if they were experiencing more stress, less stress, about the same over the past 12 months than in the previous 12 months. And, you know, in 2022, when we asked that question, 37% said that they're feeling more stress in the past 12 months than the previous 12 months. So over a third. In 2023, that figure increased to nearly half. 47% say, gosh, the last 12 months were so much more stressful than the previous 12 months, which is amazing to me because, I mean, I don't know about you, Gene, but like 2022 wasn't exactly a walk in the park. It was, you know, we were all sitting with our our feet up and a Mai Tai in our hands on the, you know, there there were real things happening. So so the fact that 47% are experiencing more stress, that's a relative statement to the previous 12 months, is extraordinary. Opening the aperture even more, in 2023, 65% believed that the last 12 months were at least as stressful as the previous 12 months. So that is saying, you know, we have this almost half saying it's worse. We have in the aggregate 65% saying it's certainly no better. And then when we ask sort of what do you expect over the next 12 months, 99% of travel managers expect their jobs to be even more challenging in the next 12 months. So here you have a group of people who really have been running a marathon after marathon after marathon these last few years. 
And rather than getting a, a towel and a little cheap metal and a cup of water at the end, like they're being pointed in the direction of another marathon. <laughs> right, right. So I have a lot of empathy for these people. You know, and there's a lot driving that stress. You know, happy to, to talk about that if you want. But you did ask about sort of what can they do to set themselves up for success. Part of it is that flexibility thing that we mentioned earlier, that they have to understand traveler expectations and they have to adjust company policies to make that work. Now, this is a business, right? We're all, everybody listening is presumably in a, in a business. And so, you know, companies can't do everything, but finding the, the, the middle ground between sort of travel expectations and, and sort of what's possible to accommodate, it's, it's a conversation worth having. It's a conversation that they need to have because it really does impact retention and recruitment. If a traveler is feeling uncomfortable consistently you are lighting a fuse on their departure, full stop. No one's going to experience physical discomfort or mental discomfort over a prolonged period in this economy, the, in this day and age. Yeah. Um, but we also see, to their credit, travel managers, I think, are, from what I see in the research, they are making changes that benefit travelers, that they, they are hearing them. In the data, we see 98% of travel managers anticipate changes to company policy in the coming months. And these are things to focus on the travelers that they support. You know, it's things like making sure they feel safe in certain parts of the world, you know, 42%. It's making sure that marginalized groups feel safe. 31% say we're making changes in that direction. Of course, there's also things like, you know, reverting to pre-pandemic policies, 34%. Reducing costs is there at roughly the same level, 37%. But I think that's okay. You know, you see this tension between meeting business objectives and meeting traveler requirements. You mentioned that tension. So I would like to go back and discuss some of the reasons for the stress. And I'm guessing that a huge pain point for most of our travel managers is data visibility. Data is my thing. I love data. But it's hard to get some of this data and then to interpret the data to support a corporation's goals and objectives, they're having to support every goal and objective across every part of the organization. It's not just cost savings, it's employee retention. It's not just, it's not just employee satisfaction, it's employee growth and career expansion. So can we talk a little bit about, go back to that, some of the stress points and some of the pain points that our travel managers are talking about when they talk about how it's going to be pretty grim next 12 months based on their feelings absolutely um so you're you're correct again your 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 uh, your batting average remains very high but travel managers are being just squeezed in a crucible between you know the travelers they serve and and the leadership and organizations that they that they report to and also serve there are a number of drivers here some things are you know kind of ripped literally from the headlines and some things are are more unique to the travel space Let's start with inflation. You know, amongst travel managers, the most common stress driver is inflation increasing the cost of travel. 41% cited that as something that makes their job just a lot more challenging and, and will make their job more challenging in the coming 12 months. But even then, against this economic backdrop, you know, safety issues continue to be very top of mind for travel managers, which I appreciate. You know, I try to see the people behind the, the data. And what I see is an empathetic group of people doing their best to serve travelers. And I, I just love that. And so if you're a travel manager and you're listening to this, great. If you 
uh, have travel managers reporting to you, like give those people a raise because they're doing a, yeah. they're doing a great job. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's sixty in the aggregate, you know, sixty three percent of travel managers identified safety issues as a challenge. And these are things connected to ensuring safety in, in hostile or marginalized areas or, or things like illness or natural disasters. So that, that's a big figure. There are also things unique to the travel management space, things that maybe are, are of less concern to travelers themselves, but of great concern to travel managers and company leadership. And, and these are things like inadequate staffing with their travel management company. You know, almost a third, 30% of travel managers report that as a stressor. Increasing travel volume, 29%. Uh, and then things like increased reporting on travel emissions, 28%. Increased pressure to demonstrate ROI to senior leadership, 27%. So th these are a really kind of smorgasbord of stressors that run the gamut from big, big picture issues to things that are more unique to the space. And you mentioned data analytics. I mean, interestingly, you know, these top you know, stress inducers and threats are also areas where travel managers feel that insufficient data and analytics is making their jobs harder. And so, you know, that's that's incredible to me. And uh, interestingly, you know, these top stress inducers are and, and threats are areas where travel managers feel that insufficient data and analytics are making their jobs harder. There are things like ensuring traveler safety, you know, 39% feel that way. Demonstrating ROI, again, 39%. Reporting on travel emissions, 38%. Complying with regulations and industry standards, 37%. So all areas where insufficient data and analytics just make their jobs harder. And I don't know about you guys, but whenever I'm doing any kind of job, not having the right tools at my disposal, when I'm experiencing a challenge, just makes it that much harder and actually makes it feel more personal. I think it does kind of engender a sort of resentment sometimes at the task when the tool isn't fit to the task. And so I think you see some of that here. Yeah. I also think I want to add into it to play a little bit more on that data analytics piece of it when the rules keep changing. So with sustainability coming into effect, that idea of being able to, to track and report, those rules have not yet in some areas been agreed upon or those rules have been agreed upon in different regions. So you have to have different types of reporting and different data points for those regions. And the idea that there's no real standardized set yet, so we don't know what to pull and the rules keep changing. So when you have that, it's not just, I don't have the right tools. I don't even know what the rules are at this point. I can't figure this out. So I can see where that leads to an incredible amount of stress for our travel managers. And they're feeling that pain coming down from, it's coming from all perspective. I, I kind of think of them when you were describing all of this and the stress that they're feeling. You know how when you drop those cars into those crushers, I feel like travel managers are being dropped into a crusher and trying desperately to keep those walls from coming in on them. It's crazy. It's like a, like the new Indiana Jones movie, travel managers trying to keep themselves alive. I was going to mention another movie. I, I have that image of uh, Luke Skywalker in the trash. It's right. It's Luke yes. in the trash compactor where they're literally trying to keep it from crushing. Them. Absolutely. And having inadequate tools for the job yeah. <laughs> you know, at the time, they almost die in that scene. Uh, yeah. So yes. Yeah. Yep. Well, I could talk to you forever about this subject. 
and I hope that you get, come back and we can talk a little bit more about it. But I know you have things to do and I want to wrap this up a little bit. So I, I do want to take away or tell you what my takeaways are. And then let me see if I've hit all the topics that we really want to talk to. So I think the overarching takeaway that I've taken from this, safety is no longer an option. It's a requirement we have people who now feel empowered to talk about how they feel about their own safety and we have many more safety aspects to think about it's not just there's a hurricane coming or there's a flood or there's a war breaking out there's many many more aspects to think about there's health can i get health care in the place that i'm traveling to will people be reacting to my accent my look my affectations my gender so this becomes really a duty of care is no longer just a compliance checkpoint it's a lifestyle i mean you're still batting at the top of the order absolutely um i i, I agree wholeheartedly there's actually a ton more data that we've collected on this on the on travelers individual experiences and your point that this isn't just about like so going, you know, sending someone into a hot zone. This is about the little interactions that people have, and I say little in terms of relative to a global, you know, regional war you know, or a Correct. pandemic. You know, yeah. the, the the interactions that we all have every day in the course of living our lives and doing our jobs that can make the performance of those tasks better or worse, better for us at, at how we feel about them, and better in the outcome too. So the, these little things, it's it's really death by a thousand paper cuts if you get this wrong. Yeah. Okay, well, my second point is related to opportunity. And it's something that we don't think about often, but opportunity to advance your career comes in all shapes and sizes. And one of the shapes it comes in is the opportunity to improve your standing within the organization through travel being able to meet with customers, being able to interact with leaders, being able to attend conferences, either as a speaker or an attendee who's learning information to bring it back to your organization to better how the organization works. Everybody needs an opportunity to have that kind of travel. I think we fell out of it during the past few years. We all know why. I don't need to name that name that should never be named again, kind of like Voldemort. I want to make sure that we all understand travel isn't an option anymore to somebody's career. It actually ties directly to their career growth and advancement. Uh, once again, correct. You know, we have that stat that 92% of business travelers believe the future of their careers depends on business travel. And I really encourage everyone to think of business travel. It's, it's not a box that's checked. It's not a door that one walks through and then you're on the other side, everything's great. It is a road to success for a lot of people in their career. And you know the, the future aspect of that, that concept imbues travel with so much weight and so much consequence. Um, and that's true for, for all kinds of workers. It's you know popular, I think, to, or maybe some folks were even hoping perhaps that the moving uh, to a more remote footing uh, over the last year or two would eliminate the need for travel. Well, we actually find remote workers feel are more likely to say that travel is critical for key things like forming meaningful connections with coworkers or clients than others. 38% of remote workers, fully remote workers feel that way 
compared to 27% of fully on-site workers. So it's there's all kinds of aspects to this that need to be considered in terms of equal opportunity for people to travel and, and do their jobs. And companies should want that because that is when people stay. That is when they work hard. That is when they do their best work. We can do good here and we can do well at the same time. It's the culture piece of it. And quite honestly, I'm part of that 38% of fully remote workers who feel that this is incredibly important. <laughs> Well, let's get together for a, a drink in yes. real life sometimes, uh, Jean. Then, yes, so, I would yeah. love that. I would love that. So my third takeaway is not all heroes wear capes. Some of them are called travel managers. And even though they're feeling overwhelmingly stressed out by all the factors that are bombarding them every day, they are waking up and working within their organization to make travel as simple, safe, effective, and bring that return on investment that the company is looking for and doing it with a smile in the front, maybe terror inside, but a smile in front. And I think that we need to remember that these people who are running these programs have many, many different aspects of their job that they have to fill in balance. And we need to give them a little bit of grace and also a big thank you because they really are the heroes in this case. Yeah, you, you nailed it. I mean, travel managers have such an, an important job. They're just an essential ally in helping support travelers and helping support what's best for the business. And we say travelers, and it, it, it kind of sounds like this, this big segment it is, but what we really mean there are people. They're supporting individuals. And that's one of the reasons I love this work so much because I like to see the people and think about the people behind the numbers. And, you know, like a lot of things these days, I think every job is harder than it used to be for a variety of reasons. Next time you want to do a seven hour podcast on that, Gene, I'm, I'm here with you. But for now, I'll, I'll just say that, you know, hopefully with an understanding of how kind of travelers and travel managers think and act, that we're all in a better position to help serve the industry and help serve each other. And I think conversations like this help us do that. Yeah, well, I fully agree, Nathan. And I am up for a seven hour podcast if you are, <laughs> but it will have to be when we go and meet for drinks, because I think we're <laughs> going to need hydration during that time. I think that's uh, fair. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Thank you again for spending the time with us today. It's been very insightful. And I do really hope that we have you back sometime soon because uh, I could talk to you all day. Well, I feel the same. And on behalf of Wakefield Research and all the folks uh, that, that worked on this study, we have a large group of wonderful professionals that helped put this together on both sides of the ball at SAP Concur and at Wakefield. So thank you for just making this a, a great experience. Well, thank you to all of them. And also thank you to our listeners. Thanks for listening to this episode of the SAP Concur Conversations podcast. To hear more exclusive insights and interviews from the world of business travel, expense and invoice processing, be sure to subscribe and listen wherever you find your podcasts. And please join us again for our next SAP Concur Conversation. <laughs>